We are finishing a series tonight called Relationship Goals. So what we have been doing, parents, over the last couple of weeks is addressing the types of relationships that your students are a part of. So they're in all kinds of different relationships. So uh, the first week we talked about friends and what does the Bible have to say about friends and how do we have friends according to what the Bible says. And so we looked all through that and we looked at this, these great passages between David and Jonathan in 1 Samuel 18 through 20. It was incredible. Uh, and then last week was super fun. We talked about dating, so that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, everybody's like, man, I'm trying to get a date. I'm trying to get here. So that was fun. It was great. We looked at, okay, what does the Bible have to say about dating? Not a whole lot. Uh, it's like brother and sister in Christ, husband and wife. These are your options. So don't make out with your sister kind of deal. Uh, I mean, we just, we, we dove into it because here's the deal. Your students are in all kinds of different relationships. I mean, if it, whether it's friend or romantic, which is whatever. Uh, and they're trying to figure out how to do this. And somebody's telling them, it, whether it's the, the culture or the world or, or, their, or maybe, maybe they're going to go get some like really good wisdom from their, their teenage friends. Like, hey, bro, I need some advice on how to date this girl. Are you 16? I'm 16 too. Give me some great advice. Like bad, bad play. It's like he doesn't have a clue what's going on. Uh, they, they need to know. And really, I want to answer the, I want to answer the questions. How, how do we live in these relationships according to what the Bible says? Because, I mean, if we really believe these are God's words, then we believe God's words are best. And so that's what we're looking at. And so now we're going to jump into, uh, by no coincidence, but by planning uh, the family relationship, the, the parent-student, parent-child relationship. You're like, I'm not a child. Well, it's like, okay, yeah, you are. Uh, uh, yeah, we're going to look at that tonight. And this is, this is our relationship of family. And so when I think about the, t- the parent-teenager relationship, I think about stuff like this. I have some friends who are like, dude, I'm watching the show on Netflix. It's so good. I'm like, oh, you got to watch it. I'm like, oh, I've never seen that show before. Like, everybody watches it. Are you like under a rock? I'm like, no, I'm not under a rock. I'm just not boring. And they're like, no, dude, like, you got to watch it. I'm like, well, I tried to watch one episode, and it was okay, and it was kind of funny. They're like, oh, it's okay. Like, it's, it's okay at the beginning, and then like season two is like really crummy. You just got to endure it. And then at the end, it gets better. It gets better. Then I'm like, then why do I want to watch that? Like, I don't, I don't want to waste my time. Like, if you have to say to me, just endure like the next 30 episodes, then it's going to get really good. It's like, that's a lot of time watching crappy TV. I don't want to do that. And I say that to say this. Often I think that's how both parent and teenager can view the parent-teenager relationship. It's cool at the beginning, they think dad's their hero and he's Superman or whatever. And then they like get an opinion. And all of a sudden it's not so good anymore. And people are just saying like, hey, you just gotta, you just gotta get through the teenage years. You just gotta make it through. She's like, oh man, I just need to survive the teenage years. Oh, Lord Jesus. Let them go to college. Our relationship will get better. And you, you, like, you, adopt this, you adopt this Dory attitude. And here's what I mean by that. As you're just getting through the teenage years, you're going, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, right? And you're doing whatever it takes to make it. And what I want to put before you is uh, the teenage block of life is not, it's not a season for either teenager or parent to say, I've just got to survive. But rather, I think it's a time for you to press in and really thrive as a parent and as a teenager. So we're going to look at what the Bible has to say in Ephesians chapter 6. 
I'll read one through four. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So it addresses two people, right? Children and parents. And so we're gonna look at the different roles. That's what, because that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking about roles and roles matter. You, parents, you have a role. Students, you have a role. That's, that's how that works. You don't get to be parent. Parent doesn't get to be kid. The roles matter. The distinct roles matter. It's like, it's kind of like this. Like I played sports as a kid. I know you can tell I'm really athletic. Um, I played sports as a kid. I played baseball. And uh, there are nine people on a baseball field in the, when you're not the team hitting, right? There's nine people on defense. The pitcher doesn't get to be the third baseman. The third baseman doesn't get to be the shortstop. The shortstop doesn't get to be the center fielder. If that happens, what starts to happen? Chaos. Everybody has a role to play. And if you live in your role properly, the team functions as it should. But when things start to go wrong, it's because you weren't doing your role properly. Hey, you had to be here. You were supposed to do this. You were supposed to do something in this way. And often that's how it is with with teenagers is they get to this point and they're like, I'm a teenager now. So basically that means I'm an adult and you should let me do whatever I want. It's like, what? You're 13. Like, just relax. And teenagers are like, you want want every bit of freedom that your parents have, but you don't want any of the responsibility. You're like, how come you get to do it? Because I'm 35. That's why I get to do it. Because here's the deal. What you don't, what you don't grab students is that your parents do get some, a, a, a bunch of freedom that you don't get, but they also get a whole lot of responsibility that you don't have. So if we're going to just step into that and go, well, I want the same freedom my parents have. Cool. Well, then you can also pay the mortgage and you can also pay the electric bill and you can also be responsible for another human life to feed them. Like, you're like, never mind, I don't want to do this. Right? There's roles to play. That's what Paul's talking about. There's roles to play. So let's talk about the student or the, the child's role. It says, it says in verse one, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. So your first thing that you gotta do, students, I'm speaking to you, students, what's the first thing you gotta do? You gotta obey. You're like, great, another, another lecture on do what your parents say. It's just like, okay, chill out. Obey, obey your parents in the Lord. What, what does obedience look like? It looks like obeying your parents in the Lord. It's, it's like this, it's obey your parents as you would obey God. Obey your parents as a part of your relationship with Jesus. That your, that your obedience to your parents says more about your obedience to God than it does your obedience to your mom and dad. Obey your parents in the Lord as you would obey God. Okay, well then why do I have to obey? Paul answers. Obey your parents in the Lord for or because this is Right? Like, so the answer is, because it's the right thing to do? Well, it's more like this. Obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Because it just, it just makes sense. God has, believe this or not, set it up to work that way and to work best that way. You don't have parents because some adult one day was like, you know what, I'm gonna have a kid and uh, govern them for the rest of their lives. That's not what happened. God set it up this way. God set up leadership over children because he knew at 12, you really don't have the capacity to make good decisions for yourself. 
And it's, it, it God, God made it this way. God set it up this way. It just makes sense. It's God's best. The problem is, for a lot of us, and I'm going to, right, teenagers, for a lot of you, you're, not, you're just not quite sure that God knows best. You think you know better than God does. You think, God, if you just gave me the reins for just a minute, I'd correct all this stuff. If God rules the universe, certainly he's aware of how the parent-child relationship works best. Obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. It makes sense. So not only is it because it's God's best, but just practically. I mean, just practically. Believe this or don't believe this, teenagers. Your parents just know more than you do. You're like, what? Yes, they do. You're like, no way, dude, I'm in pre-calculus. My dad can't do pre-calculus. That's not what I'm talking about. Your parents have just been there. Believe this or not, your parents have been teenagers before. You're like, what? <laughs> what was life like then? Was the world black and white? Your parents have lived as teenagers, believe that or not, face the pressures that you face. It looks different because they didn't have the internet in their pocket, but, it's, uh, but they faced pressures, social pressures, scholastic pressures. I gotta get into the grades because if I don't make the grades, I'm not gonna be on the team. And if I'm not gonna be on the team, then how am I gonna be cool? And if I'm not cool, then I don't get a letter jacket. And if I don't have a letter jacket, then how are people gonna like me? You're like, what? Yes. <laughs> believe it or not, your parents walked where you're walking. And just by nature of the, the years they have on you, they know more than you do. And God has used both good and some of the poor mistakes that they've made to tell a story to you. So some of, some of your parents, you need to let them show you some of their scars that's both maybe physically and theoretically from their teenage years and say, hey, this is a decision that I made and it didn't go well. And that's not license for you to go, ha, well, if you did it, then I get to do it. That's not what that means. It's them saying to you, I love you too much to watch you make the same mistake I did and walk down the same path I did. And I'm wielding the scar from it. And I, I, I do not want you to bear the scar that I bear. Listen to them. So obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. The next thing it says to you, students, honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Honor, what, do we, what does honor look like? Honor to your parents looks like attitude toward your parents and behavior. It's not just nice attitude and crummy behavior. It's not just crummy attitude, but at least I behave right. No, it's both. It's how do I interact in my behavior and what kind of attitude do I give toward them? That's how you show honor. You show honor through your attitude and you show honor through your behavior with your parents. Honor, think respect. That's, that's how God has set it up. God has set certain authorities over all of us. Believe this or not, your parents have authority over them that God commands them to honor. And God is commanding you to honor your mom and dad. Why? Why should we honor? Well, Paul tells us that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Here's, I mean, like, this is, this is it. 
I mean, the, the promise was to, the, the quotation is to the Israelites. It's like, hey, hey, while you're here and you're gonna be like my covenant people, um, you should do what your parents say to do and like honor them and obey them uh, so that you can live long in the land, this land that I'm giving to you. Uh, and so like that was literally like, uh, if you don't honor your mom and dad, this is gonna go bad and you're gonna die. I mean, it was, a, it was like a literal, I'll kill you. And believe this or not, practically for you teenagers, living life God's way, living life God's way assures that it will go well with you and that you would live long in the land. Now, parents, you don't get to like, when your kids misbehave, you're like, you're not gonna live so long in the land tonight, son. It's like, okay. It's not like a, you don't get to threaten. But you know this, teenagers. You know this. When I obey mom and dad and when I honor them and show them respect, it goes well with me. And when I don't, I lose my phone and then I lose my car keys and then I lose my friend privileges and then I lose my TV privileges and then I end up with a mattress on the floor and a bowl of water in the corner thinking like, man, this didn't go so well. Maybe it's because I didn't honor my mom and dad. I mean, so just practically, like, it makes sense. It's as if God knows what he's talking about. Honor your mom and dad that it would go well with you and that you'd live long in the land. Well, so then teenagers start to push back, right? Because teenagers like to push back. That's just what teenagers do. They're just like, well, what if, what, what, what if? Okay, here we go. Well, what if they tell me to do something bad, Kate? Like, what if they tell me to sin? Which like, okay, they're not gonna do that. Like, none of your parents are like, hey, hey, go over there, steal that hamburger because I'm hungry. It's like, none of, none of your parents are asking you to do that. It's like, hey, this coworker of mine, he's really taking me off. Why don't you go murder him? It's like, it's like, none of your parents are even close to that line. They're not. But you play that game. Well, what if they, what if they tell me to do something bad, Cade? It's like, but they're not. So don't even ask me that question. And really, like, here's what I hear when I hear that question back to me. When I, hear, when, when I read, obey your parents, honor your parents, and you go, well, what if they tell me to do something bad? It seems to me like you're trying to just find an excuse to disobey and do whatever you want to do and choose your way and not God's. So don't provide an excuse for yourself to choose your way. Because the Bible says this. There's a way that seems right to a man but its end is the way to death. There's a way that will seem right to you by yourself and it will kill all of us. God's way is best. Uh, maybe, the, maybe the pushback from the teenager is this. Well, I mean, I would honor and obey my parents, but my parents are a bunch of hypocrites, dude. They tell me to do one thing and they do, and they do another. They have rules that they don't have for themselves. Okay, well, here's first number one. Uh, okay, your parents are hypocrites. Great. You know what else? So are you. So are you. You tell people to do things that you don't do. You expect things of people that you don't expect of yourself. So here's, here, listen. You need to show your parents a ton of grace. Because I'm not sure if you know this, you didn't just pop out with a manual attached to your leg on like how to parent this kid. 
Maybe I'm outing some of you parents. But hey, students, like this, I don't know if your parents want you to know this. Maybe this isn't true. Maybe I'm naive. But I'm sure there have been times in your parents' parenting journey that they have done something and parented you and then walked in their room and gone, what did we just do? Like, oh my God. And they look at each other like, I guess we got to stick with this decision. But it's like, oh, crud. They're figuring it out. You don't, you don't become an expert on parenting when the kid pops out. It doesn't happen. But we expect that. Our parents, you, you guys should never mess up. That, why not? They're just as desperate for Jesus' grace as you are. So you need to show a lot of grace to them. And again, whether they are hypocrites or not, your command from God is the same. Obey your parents. Honor your parents. That's not your parents telling you to do that. Your parents aren't like, obey and honor me. That's not what they're doing. That's from God. It's not your parents' rule. That's God's rule. God's a better parent, right? That's God's rule. And your obedience and honor of your parents says more about your obedience and honor to God than it does about anything else. Because if you can't obey the authorities that you see in front of you, you will never obey the authority that you can't see. You won't. So when you're disobeying, God, disobeying your parents and not honoring your parents, it's telling a lot about how you're interacting with God. Now, parents, uh, you're not off the hook, sorry. This is not like a, yes, he gave them the obey and honor speech. This is awesome. It says something to you in verse four. Fathers or parents, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You get two, you get two commands, a do not and a do. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. And some of you parents are like, yeah, mom, don't provoke me to anger anymore. What are we talking about? What does this look like? How do we, how do we provoke our kids to anger? Generally, it happens in a couple of ways. One is this. When you rule apart from relationship, when you rule with an iron fist and a strong hand, apart from relationship, and you just drop down rules from on high and don't actually have a heart connection with your kid. You provoke your kids to anger. And I'm not saying like they rage on you. The, the, the word is really you exasperate your kids, you exhaust them. So don't, don't be the parent that just drops down rules and says, it's because I said so, listen to your father. And you never actually sat down and said, hey, tell me about your day. What did you do today? How was your test? What's going on? Are you nervous about stepping into college next year? Are you nervous about transitioning into high school? How's it going with that friend? I know it's been bumpy. Take an interest in your kid. You're like, I'm not interested in what they're interested in. I don't care. You know why it matters? You're interested in your kid. You don't have to be interested in what, you're in what they're interested in, but you're interested in your kid. So God willing, 
my wife and I will have kids one day, and if my kid decides that he wants to play, the, he or she wants to play the oboe, you know what I don't know a lot about? The oboe. But I'll listen to my kid talk about the oboe and listen to him honk through whatever all day long because I care about my kid. So take an interest. You cannot rule apart from heart connection or you'll wear your kids out. They'll shove away. They'll shove away from you. How else does this happen? Uh, We provoke our kids to anger when we take a hands-off approach to parenting, when you lack leadership, when you're like, well, they're shoving back against me, so maybe I'll just take my hands off and just kind of let them do their thing. I know this is, I know this is gonna sound strange to you, but here's, what, here's how you speak teenager. Whenever teenagers shove away, you know what that generally means? I want you to come closer to me because I'm shoving away because there's something wrong in me. I really don't know how to process it. And so all I know to do is to shove. And that needs to be a, a signal to you. Not to, not to be like, what's wrong? What's the matter? Why are you crying? What's the matter with you? Why are you doing this? That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying by press in. But do not take your hands off the reins. Don't say, well, that's just your problem to deal with. Your kids want your leadership. They want you in their life. They want your advice. It may, their wanting of your advice may look a lot like this. Oh my God. You know what that means? Thank you for giving me advice, mother. You, 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 you won't, you won't, you will rarely hear a thank you, a man I could not be more appreciative until one day your kid rolls in from college. Talk, because it's just different, right? There's distance now, it's different. I'm not saying that you don't care, it's just different. Your kids want your leadership. Don't step off the gas. Don't, take, don't, don't get out of leadership of your family. Your kids want your leadership. Um, the last way that you exasperate or provoke your kids to anger is to mess up and not apologize to them. See, often we think, well, if I apologize, then they'll know that I screwed up. Newsflash, they know that you screw up. Like they're aware. They sniff that stuff out all the time. <laughs> but one of the most healthy things that you could do as a parent is to sit down and look your kid in the face and own it and repent to your kid and say, hey, I'm really sorry for how I handled this. I didn't get it right. I wanna make it better. Dad or mom needs Jesus, just like we all need Jesus. I'm committed to praying about this and walking in God's way. Will you forgive me? Don't be the parent that knows that you bombed it and walk back into your room and goes, I cannot believe I just did that. But they can't know. Certainly they didn't pick up on the fact that I just bombed that thing. They do. And you will be amazed at 
how healing an apology from a parent can be. So fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. Instead, do something. Okay, what? But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Maybe it's not bring them up like it's nurture them, like you would nurture a plant. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Why are these two in opposition to one another? Don't do this, do this. Because one way, one way hinders the flourishing of your student. The other is a catalyst for it. Your teenager will flourish when you bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Not yours, not your parents, God's. See, so often we can, we can get passed down like, this is how my parents disciplined, this is how my parents raised us, and this is how we're gonna do it. Listen, I'm not saying your parents were bad people. I'm saying God's a better parent. So let's bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Well, what does that look like, Kate? It looks like Deuteronomy chapter six, four through nine. It says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words, talking to parents, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart, your heart. Parents, it's gotta be on your heart first. God's got to brand this stuff on your heart to love the Lord your God with everything that you have. If you're not parenting out of of the gospel that you need, you are parenting on empty. You cannot parent God's way apart from a connection with God. Verse seven, you shall teach them these things diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and you shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on your doorposts and on your house and on your gates. So what does it look like to lead your kid in the discipline and instruction of the Lord to to nurture them in that stuff? It looks like to live what you lead them to do. You live what you lead them to do. If you want them to know, love, and follow Jesus, you know what you need to be? The kind of person that knows, loves, and follows Jesus. You need to be the example, not the exception. Lead them and live in where you want to lead them. And then in, in verse seven, it says, you shall, how does this look? You shall teach them diligently to your children and you shall talk about them. When should I talk about these things? When you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. Here's the shorter version, all the time. That's when you should talk about it, all the time. But there's some key moments that it grabs. When you walk by the way. Well, we don't walk by the way. We live in Houston. It's hot outside and we don't wanna like, just like I live in League City, dude. It's like 100,000% humidity. I'm not walking anywhere. Your car time is invaluable because you literally have them prisoner. It's like, hey, unless you're tucking and rolling, we're talking about this. <laughs> Grab onto it. Don't waste it. Use it. As you walk by the way, when you lie down. Listen, bedtime, though for some teenagers it might be all over the map, they're like, well, I was studying for 19 tests tomorrow and I was up till 4.30 a.m. I'm like, golly. Bedtime is in, it will be such a gift if you, can, if you can kneel by your kid's bed 
and download the day or speak a blessing to them or just pray for them or just say, I love you. Walk out. You're like, wait, should we tuck our kids in? Yeah, you go for it. You're like, but my, like, I have a 17-year-old dude. <laughs> what do I do? Listen, homie. <laughs> You're going to lay in your college dorm room and go, I wish mama was here to tuck me in. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's a gift. Don't let it pass you by. When you lie down and when you rise, do what it takes to speak blessing to your kids in the morning or to say, hey, I know you have a test today. And you bring them, into your, you bring them in under your arm and you say, God, help them to remember all that they've studied and hopefully some stuff they didn't <laughs> and send them off. And that's not complicated but it speaks big time to your kids that you see where they're struggling and where they're stressed out and that you care. Step into your role. The last thing that this looks like is it looks like different priorities than the world has. If you're gonna raise up your kids in the discipline and instruction of the, world, it's gonna, of the Lord, it's gonna look like different priorities than the world has. And so the world is after success and a big house and a lot of money. And man, you, you gotta go to the league. I know you're six, but you're good at t-ball. Like you're gonna go to the league. And maybe it means you say no to some things that everybody else is saying yes to. Well, everybody's playing this game or Everybody's gonna be at that thing. Yeah, but we're gonna go to church on Sunday and we won't compromise because this is important and you speak importance to your kids with your actions just as much as you do with your words. So we're gonna, we're gonna close like this. Patrick and the guys are gonna come up and just play some music. Uh, here's what I want you to do. Some of you are by your kids and some of you aren't. Some of you don't have parents here and that's okay. Don't, don't, don't start panicking. If your kids are by you, in the next little bit, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you to, not send you, you're not going anywhere, but just ask you to grab your kid on the shoulder or whatever and out loud voice a prayer for your kid. A prayer not only of God be with them, God shape them to be a man and woman of God, that, a man or woman of God that they need to be, that, but God, thank you for my, for my son. Thank you for my daughter. They are a gift to me. They're not just a responsibility that I have, but a gift to me. And you voice that prayer. And maybe for some of you, uh, you need like some reconciliation of a relationship, you can walk out and go and have a discussion. That's totally fine. Uh, maybe some of you need to extend forgiveness, either student to parent or parent to student. I, I don't know. I don't know all the dynamics of what's going on in your home. Maybe, maybe this is just a strengthening time for your family. It's like, man, it's as cool as is neat. Thanks for keeping us motivated. And maybe for some of you, for the first time, for the first time ever, you're gonna voice a prayer out loud for your kid and step into this role of, I am the parent. 
I am who God has set up to be the primary faith trainer of this kid. Good, bad, or in between, I'm it. And I'm gonna do everything I can by the grace of God to raise them up to be one of the strongest generations of followers of Christ, period. Students, just receive the, like, receive the blessing because it is that. And see your parents as a gift. They are a gift from God. They're not just some people you're stuck with for 18 years. They're a grace to you. Grace to you.